Hello and welcome to episode 10 of season 3 of the Connect 2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes and hello Jeff. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. As we're in our, well, t- well, when this drops it'll be a Tuesday. This is true, so but we're recording on a Wednesday. Forward traveling in time or backward time. <laughs> there you go. Uh, if you're new to the channel, rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe. Subscribe is super easy. Exactly. Although it's gotten a little harder on some of these podcasts. Is that apps. right? Yeah, it's just not so obvious and uh now you gotta follow yeah yeah but we also yeah. have a facebook page and we actually have right. lots of people that uh, check that out um especially you're people. doing a fantastic job although what happened today a bunch of your personal facebook oh there's a glitch in our connect do ones glitch in meta okay so uh what ended up happening is so i have um i have multiple uh facebook pages for different business things that i'm doing right and uh, i also have a personal one and for some reason uh when i started posting all the stuff in the connect to podcast page it started showing up on the mark hughes photography page instead and if i tried to remove it it actually uh it actually if i tried to remove it it actually deleted it everywhere so like or like it was it was weird so wow so I, i don't know so I've noticed that the meta app or the web page for meta for, for planning and posting in general, it works okay, but uh, sometimes it's glitchy and does weird stuff. Interesting. And it's not super obvious how you're supposed to do stuff. So you can publish things right away or you can schedule it. And if you're scheduling it, sometimes it's scheduled <laughs> on the wrong day. Well, maybe this will be a, a th- this will tie into our theme of keeping up with technology. Yeah, exactly. We'll get to it later in the show. Okay. Excellent. Um, so, um, coffee. We have coffee today. Always we have coffee. Wow. Yeah, but, but it takes a little it's bit. It's always effort. different, and it's always very tasty. Well, <laughs> mostly always tasty. Yeah. Let's see this one. This one is good. It's got a good aroma. <sighs> hey, that's nice. It's uh, from a Cherry Hill Roasters. Very cool. Which is out of um, out of Kelowna, and this particular coffee is called. It's not this. I've got the wrong. Just checking. Uh, so it, it's called Lush. Lush. Um, yeah, and it says it's a medium body kind of, it gives ver- very little description. Perfect for Irish cream. Lush. Exactly. So, It's um, eight in the morning and you're already drinking. Lush. Lush. Does it have a description? Of course not. I'm trying to find a description, but there you go. Anyway. Um, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder how they fared. Uh, well, I guess the beans aren't from Kelowna. So they're... They probably are not harvesting coffee around Kelowna. No. Although one day, well, you know, most things of them. keep getting hot. We'll be growing coffee here and uh, citrus fruit, and bananas. <laughs> oh, here it is, lush. Okay, I got it. It is Cactus. supposed to have uh, <laughs> tasting notes of almond, toffee, chocolate fondue, and lemon meringue. How do they come up with these things? Mm. And this classically sweet, balanced, medium roast, lush delivers flavors of chocolate, nuts, and citrus that'll leave you with a satisfying, syrupy finish. Oh, I see that. Um, 
Gear towards lovers of drip coffee, our preferred offering of coffees are like your favorite hoodie. Warm, comforting, and familiar. If you're a creature of habit and like looking for a tried and true blue, you'll find it here. Anyway. Um, yeah, the- totally written with chat GPT. <laughs> exactly. It is, it says single origin, but it's actually, uh, Latin America. So it's not even that specific. So, but it's organic. That's good. There you go. All right. Um, we can talk about chat GPT later too. Part of the thing. Yeah. So do you have a, Would, uh, a dad joke? A dad joke? Yeah. The punchline comes before the, the joke. <laughs> okay. Kind of a reverso dad joke. Yeah, that's the problem with time travel jokes. Oh, there you go. So I have one. <laughs> that's pretty good. I have one. Uh, it's a Norm McDonald joke. I'm going to truncate it a little bit because he, he stretches it up like 12 minutes, but we're not going to do that. No. So I'm just going to get to the point. Okay. Uh, so uh, a moth walks into a podiatrist's office. Podiatrist says, what can I do for you? The moth says, I got a lot of problems. And he's like, okay, like what's going on? And he starts, I want to kill my boss. I work <laughs> in a moth? This, yeah, it's a moth. I work in this dead-end job. You know, I thought I had all of this future ahead of me. It's just drudgery. He's mean. He's unreasonable. And there's just days where I want to kill him. Top of that, I wake up next to this woman that I used to love. And now I just look at her and I see nothing. I see nothing. There's no future there. It's just, it's just empty. And I no longer love my son (laughs) because I see nothing but failure and a lack of courage in his eyes. The same, the same emptiness I see when I look in the mirror. He says, I tell you, doc, there's days I don't know what's keeping me from grabbing the revolver in the nightstand and putting an end to all of it. Podiatrist says, oh my God, like you got a lot of problems, but it sounds like you need to see a psychologist. Why are you here? Moss says, the light was on. <laughs> nice. Well, it's funny. He, like, he stretches it for like 12 minutes on Conan O'Brien. Conan's like, yeah. But uh, so that was the bare bones essence of it. But yeah. <laughs> My, uh, well, we have, uh, we have this large wardrobe. It's like a wall to wall closet it's all built in and um anyway um no started noticing little holes in some of our clothes oh yeah yeah so it looks like we have moths but uh like trying to figure out how to deal with that is not super obvious but anyway it uh yeah it's uh so the moth thing, you, know, you, you mentioned moth, and I'm going, oh, yeah, oh yeah. I'm having like PTSD from my. Well, do they, st- when I was a kid, as when you were as well. Not real PTSD, I'm sorry. People, but. yeah, that's right. We don't want to trigger anybody. Um, remember mothballs were a big yeah, yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, but, but you'd always. And they, yeah, and they work. The problem yeah, is. Don't is, eat them. Is, uh, is you smell like an old person. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's true. Old people smell Although, like mothballs because they grab this suit that they haven't worn, worn since fruit. the 1950s. Yeah, exactly. And... Yeah. Yeah, my dad. Except now I'm already an old person, yeah, so I don't my, know. My dad has uh, been cutting out stuff, you know, since my mom passed away. Like newspaper clippings? No, no. Like, he's just getting rid of all kinds of things. And he's like, finally, he's like, I just, I, he had a whole bunch of suits, to your point, that he kept, obviously. And now he's just like, kept one. He's like, yeah, I just got the one suit. 
I'm like, okay, sounds good. So I don't know. It's been interesting. Like he's just gotten rid of so much stuff in the last six months. Almost, it must be cathartic in some. In I would some think way. so. It also you know? you you know you go through and you go like, why did I keep this? Yeah, he's getting rid of appliances and you know stuff that you accumulate. He's like like fondue set. He's like I'm not gonna make fondue. So why is it here, right? So do you guys want it? What is he like, doing? Sure. Is he getting rid of it? Putting it on Craigslist? Uh, <laughs> no, he's mostly giving it to Goodwill. Okay. Yeah, and then he's offering. Yeah, to people he no knows. No Facebook Marketplace. No, 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 no. He wanted to buy a golf. Kijiji. He wanted to buy a golf cart. He's giving away all his golf clubs too, which is sort of funny because he'd given them to my son. Yeah. And then he asked for them back because he was going to play golf again. So he played golf. Yeah, he went out a half dozen times, and then he gave them to a stranger. So oh, they're really? gone. They're gone for good. I think he forgot. That he'd given them to my son. Not that my, not that Victor was necessarily, you know, he's not a golfer, but it was kind of like, yeah, it's here's not these really, clubs. It's not really, I can't, I have a hard time reconciling Victor and golf. Golf, yeah. But still, it's kind of funny. Isaac maybe more if he. Maybe, I could see Isaac yeah. just giving it now, a shot. These are pretty long clubs though. But anyhow, it's just kind of funny because he's like, yeah, so I got rid of the golf clubs. I didn't say anything because why would you? But it just kind of made me laugh. So interesting um uh, okay what'd you learn this week uh well i would like to do something different sure if i can i lots to learn stuff but do you know khalil gibran no. i mean i don't mean do you know him personally because he died a long time ago khalil gibran was a uh a philosopher poet okay from i believe iran certainly from the middle east so he was uh early 20th century well late 19th century early 20th century mm -hmm. and you may have you may have heard this poem before so he's written one of his books is called the prophet it's a collection of of thoughts on different subjects okay and so you know there was this whole shenanigans well maybe they're not shenanigans this unfortunate thing a couple weeks ago with the the protests and the uh about oh, the million yeah, march for children right. that had nothing to do with children. That's right. Exactly. And there seems to be, you, you hear part of this, you hear this rhetoric a lot about parental rights. And, and I've, I've seen editorials that say, you know, parent, these conservative parents, whether that be politically conservative, or in some cases, certainly socially conservative, different cultures and religious backgrounds, you know, there's this sort of, I think kind of archaic residual belief that your children are in, in, in some form, you know, your property. Right. So Khalil Gibran wrote this in something like 1905 or whatever. This is one of his famous poems. I'm just going to read it. Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's love longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you, for life goes not backwards, nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children are as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might, that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness, 
But even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he loves also the bow that is stable. Interesting. I always like that. Your children come through you, but not of you. Yeah. Right? You know, and and I, I think that's frightening to a lot of people. Um, this idea that, like, what it, you know, it goes back to Bob Dylan, you know, uh, that times they are a changing, right? Like, you know, get out of the way, basically. So I find this very upsetting this this idea that seems to be quite established in a lot of people's minds that somehow they belong their children are some form of property or you know we don't want you teaching our children anything that we don't like because you know because why because they're going to question you they're going to come back and say you know uh you know dad calling uh, the neighbor you know this that or the other thing maybe that's not cool anymore you know how dare you question me <laughs> exactly. so so i just wanted to read that poem that's excellent. Uh, well, and it, it reminds me about poetry because when I first, I really had a hard time struggling with poetry, trying to understand it in terms of uh, when I was younger. And then I, I can't remember where or how I came across this, but the idea is that poetry is all about how it makes you feel in the moment. You can, you can, uh, so as you're hearing it read, as you hear the words, how you makes you feel is the important thing. Mm. It's not like a plot. Like if you have a book and you're going like, where's this going? How's this go? You know, like, um, because, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a linear thing. Right. It is, it is more of a, how the words work together and yeah. how they sound and how they, how they make you feel. Right. Some of them are circular where it's There's, almost yeah, like it ends where it began and you sort of, like, oh, exactly. wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember taking uh, an English class in college because it was sort of uh, uh, mandatory and they tried to do poetry analysis. Now, having come from French school and then switching to English was one challenge. But yeah, I have to admit, I, I never really quite got it yeah i mean there's some stuff i really like i like robert frost and and i mean there's people who spend their entire academic career deconstructing these poems and debating the meaning and which i think is awesome but yeah i agree with you sometimes it's just about hey man i, I just like the way that that goes i like the way that sounds and the way it rings yeah exactly yeah. and when you hear a really good poet poet you listen to it and it evokes some strong emotion. That's right. Whatever it is. And, you know, the words flow. And, that, you know, that poet has sat there and crafted those words to make That's sure true. they fit. And yeah. The right uh, meter and the right. whole thing. So. There was a young boy from Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> a classic. A classic. <laughs> um, did you learn anything last week? Uh, what did I learn? Man, I... I I have a feeling that we are potentially very close to discovering life somewhere else. I think we already talked about this. but Yeah, last week it but, was on the James Webb telescope. Right. <clears throat> so last week it was that planet 120 light years away. This week it's one of the moons of, I want to say Jupiter, Europa or Io. So, so more information on high levels of CO2, which uh, we know there's a... Well, they, they suspect, they have strong evidence there's an under under ice liquid ocean, and now they're seeing CO2 in significant uh, amounts. Now, the CO2, I guess, is less, there's more natural, like, non-biological ways for CO2 to get formed. The 
compound they found, they think they found because they're using, you know, chromograph, uh, chromatography. Yes. And there's a lot of It's funny me being able to say chromatography. The word. I usually screw them chromatography. up. Chromatography. There's a lot of uh, potential errors built in given Right, so it's not by no means definitive, but uh, and then you add on that all of this UAP, you know, NASA with basically saying, yeah, we have an official department that's looking into this stuff, and and these um, was it last month Congress um, had hearings with a, a whistleblower. I think shit's in, coming down, man. Well, and uh, there was uh, so, so uh, last week. Um... The capsule from Osiris Rex returned mm. with uh, with um, um, sample from um, oh, is it that asteroid? It's called Bennu. That's gonna potentially no, hit no, us. no. It's a no. That's a different one. Oh, so there, there. So it is a near Earth object, right? Because there's one something like twenty or twenty ninety five. It's it's no, no, it's, much closer than that. Like twenty twenty nine, it will be within a tenth of the distance between Earth and the Moon. It will okay, pass by. but there is one that's supposed to hit us longer term. Okay. Out, yeah, great. Yeah, uh, because I saw Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about it, and he was saying they want to try to understand. Because the idea will be we'll try to deflect it if we have to. But the way you put it, if if it's a solid object, like they need to know, yeah, right? Because if it's just a bunch of stuff held together by ice and you try to blow it up, you could wind up breaking it into several big pieces that make it worse, yeah. right? Well, I, in fact, so I, I was reading about this thing, Bennu. So, so Osiris Rex went out to this asteroid. Right. Um, went and you know and, and it took this long complicated trajectory to get around and it's hanging around Bennu and then it basically this was went, amazing and it was a, they could do this it was a real problem because they expected it to be all kind of soft and gravelly yeah 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 and it was kind of rocky and, right. but they did find some spots that were soft and gravelly but they were kind of in craters right. and then when they actually so they found a spot. It took them a long time. When they found, they put the they put the uh, the arm in, and they expected to go in a little ways, and it went in far, and then all his dust started scattering. Now the the other thing, the significant thing about this Osiris Rex was that so not only did it go circle, uh, you know, take all kinds of data, and then collect a sample, um, it returned it, and it's returned to earth now i'm going like wow this sounds like the first time is this the one that dropped the sample off and it's still heading out for another it's gone to another yeah 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 so now it's called osiris it's got some other instead of rex it's it's got a different name because now it's going to a different planet and uh or asteroid and this and the asteroid it's going to is the one that's going to come closer um so yeah, so they had all kinds of problems, and, and because they discovered that basically the gravity from the asteroid was barely keeping it together, like and then and Bennu was spewing stuff. Like as they got close, they realized we have to adjust the orbit because we don't want to be in the way of all this stuff that's being spewed off. Sure, as it's as wow. it's as it's circling. Now I thought this was going to be the this was the first time they've collected stuff like returned it. Yeah. But it's the third time, and oh. it's the first time NASA's done it. They just and didn't tell us before. No, the other two were by two Japanese. Uh, Japanese, they went out to some asteroid and came back and did the same thing. 
but uh, the first one had technical problems and they had like milligrams of sample. And the second one came back and and brought like a gram of sample. So very, very small. They had some issues. But this one with Osiris Rex came back and it's like half a kilogram or something. Yeah. So it's a significant significant amount. And their plan is they're going to take three quarters of it and put it in storage. They're not going to touch it. And the idea is that they're going to save it for when their technology has advanced, which ties in with our talk. Ah, that's a, that's a great idea. Uh, to a higher point sure. so that they can actually try and analyze it with something like, more significant right. than what we can right like now. Like Walt Disney's head. Yeah. <laughs> or Einstein's brain. That's uh, awesome. Um, um, I've funny meme about science. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know why there's religious holidays, but no scientific holidays? Why? Science always works. <laughs> nice. Uh, the other thing I I learned this week was, uh, well, in fact, it was this morning. Oh, wow. Fresh off the presses. Fresh off the presses is I got an email. Okay. And I am now a professional uh, wildlife photographer. I am accredited professional wildlife Good photographer. Good for you. I submitted, um, um, and, and I got it first go. So that's actually in and of itself quite a big deal. Really? Yeah, because usually uh, if your stuff is okay, but not quite there, they'll find, you know, that, you know it's, a, it's basically a bunch of peers, but they're all professional photographers. And so you get all, critiqued by a panel kind of thing? Yep, or and like... they'll go, they went and, um, you know, they approved all of them. Like when I did canine portraiture, I think I got eight through the first time out of 10. If they send 10 different images of 10 different subjects in 10 different places and 10 different times, and um and like with wildlife you can only have two of birds because there's a limit on how many birds you can have and uh so the, so they want it to be comprehensive yeah and there's there's i mean there's very specific rules so i'm now accredited as professional canine portraiture i'm also congratulations accredited in wildlife and nice. uh, then i'll work on my feline portraiture ah that will be my next one right so is this the kind of accreditation that you have to maintain or is are you like, are you in now and you're just basically, you're. So I'm, I'm in, I, I just have to maintain my membership. Right. In the right. Yeah. But, send us the money. Sure. But, yeah. uh, but you don't have to do continued professional development. No, not in that, okay. not in those areas. Nice. Now I'm now what those become, um, a bit of a, um, uh, a standard, I guess. So, like, I would be used as an example for other people, Ooh, potentially. Very so, cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. So that was this morning. That was a nice thing to wake yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, uh, that that's uh, it for. Well, I guess what I learned. I I learn stuff all the time. I I'm know. A bit of an information junkie. But this is what. My wife has pointed about you and I both that we're both information junkies. We absolutely consume information absolutely. at a phenomenal pace. This is and, this occurred to me this morning because again, I'm I'm so. <laughs> go ahead, finish your thought, then I'll just comment. But well, so so it's it's just it's it's our nature. It's kind of the thing that we trade in, the thing that we we value is is information and uh usually about you know certain things but we're always learning like mad that's right, right. 
about anything. Yeah. Well, I think we forget because you, you look at life from your own perspective. So not that I want to harp on this thing, but we have this, this proposal put forward here in the province, which is kind of stupid, I think, for a bunch of reasons. And it immediately reminded me of, of the brilliance of Brexit. Because <clears throat> a lot of people are jumped, they've already jumped on board. Oh yeah, this is gonna be great. And and I think in the Globe somebody wrote an article that this is we're heading for like a Brexit-like disaster. Yeah. And it is so similar because I'm I've been following Brexit, the aftermath, because I information junkies, a bunch of YouTubers from England and that I follow. And you know, the the most searched google thing in the uk the day after the vote was what is brexit and so really yeah that was the number one google search in the the uk was what is brexit so all these people voted or didn't vote and then found out whoa you know so close it was like in the it was very close so the new thing all these unintended consequences so what's happening now is part of the agreement is around tariffs around uh, the auto industry, right? So there used to be no tariffs between uh, the UK and the rest of Europe. At the end of October, I think, a 10% tariff kicks in. It will be for a period. There's some rules about like like how much of the autos are actually produced, you know, within that jurisdiction. If you hit a certain threshold, no tariff if you're below. and now people in, in England are very upset or in the UK are very upset. But like the commentator said, they're basically upset that the EU is basically sticking to the deal, right? So yeah. now there's like, how dare you? How dare you impose this tariff? And they're like, but this is part of the deal that you guys negotiated. Like we're just following the rules of the deal, right? It's unfair, right? So, so many unintended or perhaps predictable consequences that people just had no idea. It's the same thing. And and I don't know what the consequences would be here if we go through with this goofy idea or a bunch of our goofy ideas, but it seems pretty similar, right? There's all of these expatriate uh, people from the UK who've been living in France and Spain and they bought houses and they're all getting kicked out of the EU because they no longer fall under those rules, right? Are they, are they actually getting kicked out? Or? Some of them are getting kicked out. Oh, yep. wow. They have to go. So some of them are getting kicked out outright. And then others are Applying having to go back. You know, I don't know what the rules are, but it's kind of like us. We can go to the U.S. for 180 six, six, days six or something. I think it's six months. Yeah. And then you have to come back. But some of these folks have had basically moved permanently to mm-hmm. like Spain and now they're like I don't have a place to go back to and the, Spain is like or the EU is like too bad so sad get out <laughs> you know you don't live here anymore and you can't even just go to okay well we'll go to Italy for a month they're like no 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 this is all one big thing right you got to leave the EU not just Spain so you got to go back to England for three months really or something like that there's some period of time you can't just be for a day and these people are all upset but when they interview them, they're like, well, did you vote for Brexit? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> what do you want? Right? Well, I didn't think it was going to affect me. So yeah. I think we have the same phenomenon here. People think it's going to be great. It's probably not going to be great. Yeah. Unless you actually study what's going on. So there's a YouTube video about the CPP and how it actually works. It's two and a half minutes long. 
It's a little bit like those uh, transfer payments. Most people have no idea or they have misconceptions about how it actually works. It doesn't take too long to go and just educate yourself, especially today. It's not like it used to be go read the act or you're like, oh, this is very complicated. No, no. Somebody has boiled it down into a five minute video somewhere <laughs> that's just giving you the bullet points, right? You know, the province doesn't pay into CPV. Like no government pays into it. It's just individuals, you know, and it's all based on the same numbers. There's no magical, this is better than that. And, you know, but that's not the rhetoric, right? It's another example of how we're being ripped off by the rest of the country. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way, mm -hmm. right? So anyhow. Interesting. Yeah, I think we forget just even that. And I'm, I'm by no means, am I a genius or, an, you know, you pick up stuff and you go, oh, okay, at least I know there's two sides to that. And I think a lot of people don't. They just bumble well, through and they're like, oh, I don't know how that well, what, what I have realized is that's that wrong with you. because I'm an information junkie, I do tend to, I mean, it's part of the whole thing, like why, uh, why I kind of would watch Twitter all the time because when it was still called Twitter, <laughs> I would uh, just, there would be all kinds of information buried there. Yes. Now it's more of a mess. I got rid of it again because uh, I logged into my old profile and it, within that 10 minutes I was livid. <laughs> so I'm like, nope. I, I put a time, Delete. I put a time <laughs> limit on it. So I have a time limit for, Twitter and uh, and TikTok. Smart. Although I should probably do the same for Facebook. Let's segue right into our keeping up with technology theme because yeah, social media is definitely a big part of technology. It's true. So uh, so so today we're, we're talking about the need. It's kind of like the need for speed. Like uh, right. Um, I'll give you an example. I I have bought phones for. 30 years, right? Like uh, cell phones. And when the iPhone came out, iPhone in particular is, uh, and, and Apple in particular is a little more predictable. They have like three events. Yes. They have one in, the, in April or May, and then they have two in September. One that's kind of the beginning of September, one that's kind of either the end of September or the beginning of October. Yeah. And it's when they announce their new products. I mean, it's really weird. And with totally different from whether they need to or not well turns out. That, that's kind of part, part, <laughs> part of the issue uh well and and with um you know before even iphones or ipads there was computers so like if you wanted a computer there yes. is like this continuous <clears throat> for the younger people in the audience computers have been around a long time <laughs> and and they were always uh, there was always new products being rolled out, not on a particular calendar day. Right, right. And uh, so you'd get new chips, and when the new chips were ready, then we'd make the computer, they would be, you know, you'd be released with a whole sure. chip set and all yeah. that stuff. And uh, so you could get a Windows machine uh, that you bought in July and already by January, I, I you've got, you've got a new version of it yep. with faster processors, more memory and all this kind of stuff. Now, Apple always took this approach that once a year they would release a new version of their MacBooks or whatever their computer yep. systems were. So in, you know, once a year, yep. it would, it would make a leap 
right? Mm -hmm. Rather than having this continuous rolling clock of Yeah, when uh, you never updates. know when to buy or like, oh. Yeah, should I buy it this week or next week? And, you know, and, and it's, there's a lot of gobbledygook and there's a lot of people who will build their own computers and right. they're, they're buying this and the effort to try and stay current on this technology and whether it works with this and if you need firmware updates in order for this chipset to communicate with this uh, external device right, or monitor right. or whatever. Or your $6,000 video card. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you need this for? Yeah. I'm playing Doom. So. so the, <laughs> okay. So, uh, so I bought, uh, so my birthday was September 1st. My birthday gift for my wife was a new, uh, Apple watch. Oh, and, did, we, uh, did we wish you happy birthday? I think uh, we did. Maybe. Or did we miss that? I don't know. Well, okay. I, I was actually in Washington. All right. So is this, you're wearing the Apple watch right now? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I, I used to have a Garmin watch, which I, I liked. It's kind of, uh. I like certain aspects of it. There are certain right. things that I really hated about it. Okay. So the thing I hated about the Garmin watch was, um, so I, I think I got it like 2018 or 2019. So it's about right. five or five years old. Yeah. And um, Stone Age technology. So it used world. a um, a proprietary cable. Oh, yes. So yeah. Number one problem was that uh, proprietary cable and it's not like a not like a USB-C or something like that. it's like this weird yeah yeah cable. Yeah, yeah yeah okay um and i remember uh traveling to montreal for work um and i forgot the cable uh -oh. so all of a sudden this watch is now going to be a lump what time is it i have no idea but it was okay because i was able to from my hotel cuz i was there for a week I actually ordered Amazon Prime. It came the next day and delivered to my hotel. There you go. So uh, all of a sudden I so had... So now you had a backup. I had a backup. Right. But um, but a proprietary cable only comes with one. And, sure. And uh, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> well, speaking of Apple, I still, we still have a whole bunch of old cables with the, with the wide... The wide thing, yeah. Lying around it. You know, which I have an iPhone 3, which I still use kind of for music. And it's like, well, I can use it for that. I don't know what the hell's going to happen when that cable finally dies. Oh, you can find more cable. Yeah, probably. The, the iPad might. The, uh, the, is it an iPad or? I, I no, it's an iPhone. iPhone. Yeah. So the um, the uh, the other thing I what was a problem is that the the battery is sealed in it, mm. and the battery was going. So it went. It what it was really good when it first started was the battery would last like two weeks. Whoa, wow. Right? Two yeah. weeks, maybe, yeah, two weeks at one shot. Okay. So, so even made it more important to keep track of your cable because you weren't <laughs> using it every day. Exactly. But uh, <laughs> I had this watch for two weeks and now it's garbage. It's great. But, uh, and, and it wasn't a touch, didn't have a touch face. Oh, yeah. So, so that maybe that's part of, part of the thing. But the, uh, but it, uh, uh, the battery was dying on it. Oh, so okay. I communicated this with Garmin and they said, well, we can't do anything about it. Can't fix your battery, but we can offer you 20% discount on a new watch, which is basically the same offer that they have if you're buying a new. <laughs> so it's kind of like, <laughs> we can offer you this discount that everybody gets. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, uh, so anyway, so yeah. I, I figured I'd try. And one of the things I really noticed with the Garmin was I kind of, 
main thing I use a watch for is to tell time. Right, right. Now, was, it, was, it was satellite, though, right? Like, you could go into the back country and... No, it was not. Oh, that one okay. was not, but but it, it was one of these health things that monitored heart oh, rate and yeah, did all yeah, that kind of stuff. And the other thing... Which it, this new watch probably does, it does as, well. as well. Yeah. Maybe better. Yeah. And the um, the other thing is that it... Um, um, uh, it, it basically gave me alerts. So if I got like a email or something like that, it would, my Garmin would tell me. So right. now I have to say though, part You're of late. The, what? Part of the reason why <laughs> I really liked, um, or I switched over to the Apple watch was because of the AirPods. Ah. Why, why, what has AirPods got to do with an Apple watch? Well, if you've ever used tell. AirPods, have you, you ever tell. used, if you ever, no, I still have the wired uh, twenty-five dollar earbuds. So the so the, the thing about the AirPods, which I think have been discontinued, and I think I have the AirPods Pro, which is uh, version two. Yeah. Um. So they're they're really good for noise canceling, right? And all, but the thing that's super amazing about them is how well they integrate with the phone. Right. Like so, I've had other earbuds, other air air like yeah versions of that yeah that they're okay they work like you would expect them to yeah work. yeah yeah like different like skull candy or whatever like a different brand I had a bose one yeah a bose yeah, and i had a sony i had a sony one okay and the sony one worked quite well but i ended up with uh airpods uh and um they just so integrate well so as soon as you open the case for the airpods i know that it it opens up on your screen it tells you what your batteries are yeah. and it and it connects fast um and and the same so i figured i mean that's if, it if, still if, goes to their old slogan it just it, the stuff just, it just works. works yeah it does it's it like, just works and yeah. so that integration is at a different level than third party stuff yeah and so I, that's what encouraged me to consider an apple watch yeah and I have to say it it's exactly as promised yeah i'd like to get one i mean the, the other they, advantage they are pretty cool well the i mean the battery doesn't last terribly long it's like two or three days okay which is not bad no but the thing about it is the charger is fast right so you just uh you clip it on it's like a magnetic thing again proprietary charge oh yeah but it's uh but it's magnetic so you just plug it on just snap it on and um it's you know, like within you know 20 minutes half an hour it's fully charged wow that is fast so it's yeah. uh really fast yeah and that is a huge deal because part of the thing about a watch is like if i you know use it for two weeks or three days or whatever and then i have to wait four hours for it to charge that's no good no no so um so, so it's so dick tracy but, but, but it came out it came out so september 1st and september 15th, oh this new model this one came out on september 1st yeah i still don't entirely understand how to use it but uh or no this one it didn't come out on september Voice 1st. i got it for my birthday for september 1st oh it'll what time is it? it oh it'll do that of course it will which is kind of funny because it's a watch and i have a watch face <laughs> um but uh it uh so I buy it, and then within two weeks, there's a new version of this watch of that course. has come out. Sure. So, so it, uh, and I've done that before with other. I, I had an iPhone that failed in August, 
August? Yeah, it was August yeah, this year. Replaced it. I replaced mm -hmm. it, and then like shortly after, there's because one of the things I wanted to wait for my phone was I I was pretty sure the iPhone 15 that was coming out was going to have a USB C connection. Yes, I saw a YouTube guy commenting because they made it seem like he was making fun of them a little bit at their their big reveal. And they're like USB C, and he's like, "Yeah, like the European Union didn't force you to do that, right?" right. Which is exactly what. I, but they're making it feel like it's cutting edge, you know. Well, my, my, <laughs> well, my iPad has uh, has has had a uh, my iPad Pro has uh, has had a USB C connector for some time. Yeah. So now I have two connectors, and anyway, but my yeah. phone died, and I needed to get a new phone. So. Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy that I got a new phone because is that a 15 then? This is a 14. Yeah, we have the 14 as well. The pro, that's the Pro, right? The pro, yeah. With the extra the extra, extra camera. camera. What, with the two this time, so it's fine. Well, the thing with the cameras is that the third camera is telephoto, so I know it drives my wife nuts because there's wide and extra wide, and on her phone, and uh, she and she always wants to zoom in and she can't because yeah. it doesn't really work. Figured I don't use it that much to take because I'm not a professional photographer or even amateur. So snapshots, the two lenses are fine for the extra price. But uh, I use I use my phone a lot, even when I'm shooting with my big camera. Yeah, well, I know because like you're wayfinding or whatever. Or not no, wayfinding, no, I use like... the phone to take photos. Yeah. There's certain types of photos, uh, certain types of things that are easier to do with phone and like I can take a beautiful photo with a camera but I'll typically want to take that imported into you know some processing software yeah. and, uh, and and tweak it a little bit um, whereas you know with the iPhone it's it, it comes in pre-baked is not it's pretty good at the start sure the other thing is that for certain types of things like if you're doing reels like right. I've been doing Facebook Reels, um, because it's a vertical format. Right, it's way easier to use your phone to do yeah. that than your camera because most right. most video cameras shoot horizontal. That's right. They don't shoot yeah. vertical. So although I have a new camera that actually shoots open gate, so actually you can crop it into nice vertical. Looks like it's vertical. Yeah. Although it's currently yeah. in repair. But. Well, you know, that's just one aspect. So I, in the intro to management course that I'm teaching again, one of the chapters. Oh, you are? The, you're teaching? Yeah. Yeah. This. Turns out we like to pay our bills until till the brokerage thing takes off. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. So, <laughs> but there's a lot of talk, at least in the introduction about pace of change and then the technological skills that people need as managers, right? And not all, like everybody, like, so. And one of them is technological. I can't remember now, but basically awareness of technology. You don't have to become an expert, but you need to be able to recognize new technology integrated into what you're doing mm -hmm. at this constantly accelerating pace. Right? Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Could, uh... And I'll often tell them, and, you know, like, hang on to yourselves, folks, because you have, we have no idea, like, the changes that are coming down the I mean, we have a vague idea. Again, information junkies, right? But a lot of these people have not heard about quantum computing. Uh, 
you know, even AI beyond just what you hear in the press, but oh my God, like it's like the pace of the pace of technology change is just going to be constantly wild. Yeah. So, I mean like the whole idea of like AI, okay, sure. I mean, a lot of people have used chat GPT or screwed around with chat GPT, but there are all these other AI things. I know there's Um, something that pops up. I think it's on LinkedIn it's some guy he's constantly reposting and he's like here's a 200 ai platforms you should be checking out yeah right well and they do all very different things there's this this example where uh there's this ai now where basically you say something in english you videotape it yeah videotape yourself saying this in your voice uh you go through it maybe you do a poem or whatever it doesn't really matter right right and then goes into the AI, comes back and spits out a new video of you saying what you just said, but in a different language. I've seen this. So, and so and it's, it's you. Right. It's your your face. Yeah. Your lips are moving. Right. But in sync. So it doesn't and look it's like it's synced. dubbed. It's not, it does not look like it's dubbed. Yeah. And you're now speaking in a totally different language. So, uh... That is scary. And they'll be able to do that, in, if not already, very quickly in real time. That right? will be super cool. Because yeah. I actually think that, that we're a lot closer to simultaneous translation. Oh, probably. Than we've ever been, right? Like, yep. Like well, you have an AirPod Air, Air AirPod in your ear. Right. And you're listening to your cousin speak in Portuguese and you're getting it in English. Yeah. In, in their voice, probably. Yeah. An emulation of their And their voice. lips now are moving the right way. Well. <laughs> in real, I real was just, life. So I was just Zooming with my aunt and uncle in Ottawa day before yesterday. They're in their 90s. Right? Oh, wow. And they commented on, they were giving me a hard time about how we don't phone them often enough. And fair enough. But they're like, we Zoom all the time with, the grand, with their grandkids. And one of them's overseas. And how quickly we have become acclimatized to that concept is amazing because you know we're big we're both big star trek fans you look at next gen they're doing they don't phone each other i mean they got those communicators but most of it is video screen yeah yeah right and that could not be done at the time no i mean or it could be like maybe at darpa or like you know i mean we've had some kind of two-way video communication for a long time through the phone company but it was expensive very limited access and it was pretty crappy right it was really now it's like oh i'm just gonna pop over my ipad and bing, you know you push one button and well oh there's my aunt and uncle in ottawa when people don't realize that digital, digital photography only really existed on a retail level since the early 2000s right so 20 ish 20 years i know like it's only 20 years um what astonishes you know me, who invented it eh Kodak. Yeah. Yeah. Kodak. Yeah, of course I do. Fumble. Uh, Fumble. And, uh, well, because they went cheap. They went cheap and uh, crappy. Right. Well, there was another aspect, too, that... They also didn't want to... Well, they didn't want to cannibalize their 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 core business, which was film and paper, right? So, somebody comes along and goes, we don't need film or paper. You can see where they're like... Why would we want to? Why would we want to promote this? Put that in the vault. What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and so, so what astonishes me is you get all these 
other like spaceships so like um, voyager pioneer um uh, magellan all of these these um uh, spaceships that basically went and explored other planets they're somehow beaming um images to us right but the technology for digital photography was crap yes right and it was right. a real problem right and um and even even uh with digital photography with uh the international space station right they had a lot of problems with it um, sure. um when uh, when the, um, neil armstrong and landed on the moon and they're taking photos they're using like a hasselblad camera yes film yep and they had no end of problems <laughs> yeah right no end of problems because the thing that nobody really talks about like you know elon musk talks about mars getting to mars there's a real problem with mars beyond the fact that you can't breathe in the atmosphere um the radiation it's it basically it has no magnetic because it's outside the van allen belt no no it has it's it, it has no it has a negligible magnetic field okay so we have a really powerful magnetic field because our core is mostly iron and it rotates and it creates right. a big magnetic sure field that protects us from cosmic rays and really intense ionized particles and uh, so as soon as you get to the moon, moon doesn't have that right. and is kind of outside of or at the limit of what our Earth can protect. Yeah. And uh, so getting to Mars. So there's two problems. Getting to Mars, you need to protect the people in the spaceship to get to Mars because, you, you know, they, you don't want them cancer by the time they arrive. That's true. And then uh, and then landing on on yeah, Mars, that, that would be bad. They've got nothing to protect them right. so they would i mean i i could see if you go to mars the first thing to do is dig a hole and start living underground well that's i think that's kind of part of the plan i think that's all they can right? do because if they're at the surface there was this great series oh, it was called mars i think mm -hmm. right it was a half was this this was a national geographic projection of like 10 years in the future something like that but it was it was brilliant because Part of it was dramatized yeah, yeah. fiction. That's it. That's yeah, it. and then they would cut over to JPL or NASA, and then you'd have the the current day. It's a couple of years now, you know, experts talking about you know the projection, right? But the big part was finding water, and they go down into these uh, caverns, and they they find ice, and that's like okay, we, we can establish the base here. The permanent base has to be underground in one of these caverns that has ice yeah right because we're not going to travel miles and miles to well, find need, water they need the ice right? to split up and make uh hydrogen peroxide right. so they can have rocket fuel so they can come back that's right because well and water you know to drink and yeah and yeah so it's going to be quite the yes it's going to be quite the thing if we achieve it yeah. i shouldn't say if when Right? Well, I mean, it's not like going to the moon. Going to the moon is like going to your grandmother's for the weekend. You know, pack your toothbrush and your jammies, and yeah, I mean, technologically it was amazing for the '60s. But you land, you stay inside the bubble, you come back. It's different than we're going to Mars. First of all, it's a speck, right? Well, the thing that's interesting <laughs> the too, the distance about, is amazing. Well, you basically so they 
in the 60s, they sent these ships to the moon. There was, what, 13 or 14 Apollo missions? Something like uh, that? There was 17, 17 Apollo missions. Apollo except for one of them didn't make it. And uh, the thing about, about that is that I believe that almost all of the astronauts, they've they've lived into their you know old age. I don't think... Uh, I think most of them have... Um, so there was a real concern. A couple of them. So the guys from Apollo 13, the... Uh, the hell was his name? Jack something. He was played by Kevin Bacon in Apollo 13. He died of cancer. Okay. But again, statistically speaking, people a lot of people die of cancer anyway. all the time. But a lot of them have lived... Long lives. Uh, even Story Musgrave, who was not Apollo, but he did numerous missions with the with the shuttle and, and the ISS. He just passed away, I think, recently. It was in his 80s. Uh Friggin' Buzz Aldrin is still zooming around, yeah. and he's ninety something. Yeah, yeah, right. Bunch of guys in the face when they say we didn't go to the moon. Like he's, <laughs> you know, I think he's got some. I think his wife is in her thirties. Like this guy is living his best life, man. Exactly. Like I'm a moon guy. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, I mean, so technology is rapidly advancing all the time. And then there's on so many friends that you just biology, biology, uh, you know, uh, um, like even stuff that we're going to be using for gaming, which is like not the most sophisticated, not the most important society wise, but some of the graphics now, yeah. some of these modern games, Unreal Engine 5. It's like it's almost indistinguishable from well, how do you from keep, reality. How do you right? keep up with this stuff? Because it, uh, it's, I don't think you can. I think you just got to be you unless you're what it, what did you call it? We called it the uh, the technology gas. Yeah. Oh, gear acquisition. Yeah. Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a technology acquisition syndrome. Yeah. Technology knowledge. Acquisition but it syndrome. it it touches everything from industry to all of your potential hobbies, like what they can do in music now. Uh, yeah. You know, well, and just managing, biomedical, just managing technology is is a challenge. I mean, my son. So, you know, when I first started working with computers on a on a big scale, you know, it was early nineties. Yep. And uh, you know, I think uh, <clears throat> I think in the late eighties, I got my first computer, my first PC, and it was it had an amber monitor with a Hercules graphics cards, which was like cutting edge. <laughs> I remember cards. seeing the first laptops at a. I was in my doing my undergrad. We went to a conference, yeah. and they had this. I can't remember. It might have been. I don't even remember the brand, right? But it was this was a laptop computer, yeah, and it weighed about twelve pounds. Well, I weighed it and it had a little tiny screen a and a like fold-out plasma screen, yeah. That was, I think, that one was red, monochromatic, yeah. you know, sort of a, a sort of orangey red. I tell my students this stuff, and they they're like, "What did they, they think I'm like a thousand years old?" Because I remember the first five years of my career as a professional engineer, we didn't, I did not have email. No, no. Have they came in one day and they're like, we're all getting email addresses. It's like, what the hell is that? Now you can send a message through the internet to anybody. Like, wow. Yeah. And when that's going to come in handy. And when the, when the, when the internet first started being more widely accessible, it's like, you can search things out on the web and you're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, well, what is there to search? Not much. There, like there was, there was really, when it first came out, there was not much to search. You could go on BBS. Yeah. Late at night at the office, we came up with, why don't we look for some porn? There's a good idea. 
it's always the leader of all technology right why did they invent the home vhs system wasn't for you know movies uh but even that right oh here's a picture let's see if we download this you know come back in four hours you know (laughs) so uh remember at williams there was one guy i think didn't they fire him Remember we had we had the IT guy. Oh yeah, but Santiago. Was, yeah, but there was a guy. He found out there was some problem with the server. The server was like full, and he's like, "What the hell's going on?" And then he tracked it down, and and one of the guys from the from the geotechnical group had been downloading porn, <laughs> and he basically filled the server with all of this porn, and they figured out who it was, and they fired him. Oh wow! Or at least they reprimanded him. But, well, you well, know, because back then it, there was not that much compression, right? The pictures were low res, but the huge file size. Yeah. And there was thousands of these pictures on the on the corporate server that was basically <laughs> using up all the all, all the storage space. Well, I do, like, what I, the hell? I do remember we had this <laughs> IT guy and he was, so he was using the corporate, uh, I mean, I was fortunate because of when I came up it was kind of really easy to kind of keep up with technology because back the then incremental right. jumps were quite small. So, and I was young, so I was given, the, I was given the, the, you deal with it, Mark. I, you know, we just need to be able to print on these big plotters and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And the, and we um, don't want to have to carry a disc across the office anymore. Yeah. So Can we, we connect this to, we, together somehow? We used to have sneaker net, right? Yeah. Where you basically, yeah. then we have the daisy disc. chain system, which yeah. is all just, basically a local uh, area network so i i was low paid i was technologically reasonably smart and it was an early part nascent part of technology so i was doing it stuff so i started managing it after a while we had this uh, russian guy who came in and igor and he uh, right. he was doing all of our it probably so I was, an agent for the soviet union no no mm. definitely not oh no he was no IT. he he defected right did he oh yeah. i didn't know so that. he was a russian jew born in ukraine and wow. he defected like he escaped right so, uh, he, you know, he is, I mean, he speaks Russian, but. How did he pull that off? That'd be a story. Yeah. If he's still around. Well, he's still around. I, I still occasionally talk to him. I actually so still use him for my own stuff. Uh, wait here, Karbalad. I go to washroom. Okay. You're, you're not going to escape, are you? No, 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 no. So I've dealt with I IT and computer stuff and I, I like it and I dabble with it uh, and I get the technology to work. But, you know, I, I've always had points where I get stumped and sure. I'm stuck. And, uh, but uh, my son is just like, I'm going to do a hard reset of the computer, wipe everything out. Gonna, no, no, no. There's some stuff that's on there that I can't recreate. Yes. So please don't. And uh, But he's just like, I do it all the time to my own computer. I said, yeah, well. So he kind of understands how to use the applications, but he doesn't understand the layers underneath mm. that are... Right. important to making things work so well, there's so many things we don't and i think that's just part of the reality is using the tool and understanding the tool are not the same thing no right? that's right and uh and that's fine i yeah. mean we can't just as long as you grasp enough to be able to make sense of it 
Well, so right? I'll give you, and a, a lot of people I don't think can even do that. Well, I and and there's always issues, right? So I have a camper, a truck camper. Oh yeah, my truck camper has got solar panels on it, and solar. I understand in general the concept of how solar works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I don't really understand is some of the specifics of how the controller, the charging controller works for my solar power. So it takes the DC voltage from yeah. the photovoltaic cells yeah. and converts it, and combines it, and then it can power. Right. Power. That's like those ones for the for the solar on your house. You're yeah. talking about, because you got solar on the house I have too. Solar right? You get that house. big the control big panel. Yeah. Well, and, and that I understand. Again, I don't understand the specifics, but I understand right. in general the principle. So the idea is that. Uh, it might be one of those technologies that nobody understands. We don't really know why it works, but it does. Well, I think there's a lot of people who are really good at telling you stuff without necessarily knowing much about That's it. Right. Like Chad GPT, I saw a bunch of computer scientists being interviewed and they admit, we don't really know what it's doing. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, like it's able to do this and we don't really know how. how. <laughs> well, so the soul Does that concern you at all? Nah. So the solar thing is, so what ends up happening is, so I have solar panels, yeah, a controller, right, and I got batteries. I got house batteries. Okay. Okay. So the batteries provide power when I need it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Now it turns out the controller always provides power to the batteries, even if you, there's like a big disconnect and you disconnect all power from the batteries to anything in the system, um, it will turn it off but it doesn't turn off the power from the solar controller so that means that it's a little bit dicey the solar controller must always be on yeah and apparently if you remove the batteries you have to be careful because you can fry your controller right because it's trying to still put out power to your batteries sure. and there's no batteries connected so now we know which piece of technology will try to take over the world it'll be those solar controllers we must always be in control yeah. So, um, and yeah, it's amazing. And, and even dealing with uh, lithium-ion batteries, like uh, so, like so, everybody's on this big kick for EVs. For, yes. Uh, for which sounds great. They use lithium-ion batteries. Lithium-ion batteries for are, now are terrible yeah. in cold climates. Right. You can't charge them properly if it's too cold. Uh, you can't. Um, you can't, uh, they discharge way faster sure. and they get damaged if yeah. they freeze. Yeah. So they actually have heaters. The, the, the battery himself powers a heater to keep the batteries from getting too cold. Sure. So, uh, so it's, it it's not perfect. No, it has a bit of a, you know, like, like a parasitic load. Right? right. It's basically, sure. If you leave a car at Tesla, Parked outside at minus 30 for a week, it won't start. Right. It won't start because it'll use all the power in the batteries to keep itself, to keep itself yeah. from freezing and then yeah. it'll freeze. Well, but that's one area where the, you know, again, some of the research is just wild because they're trying to fix those problems, right? Faster charging, longer, longer, and then different temperatures. And so what was, there's, uh, they want to replace lithium with something else sodium i, I think there, i think sodium is one of the battery technology is one of those things that has gone and a then lot there's slower than there's uh there's molten me molten metal 
batteries, there's chemical, but like we're really, I mean, if I was going to encourage a young person who wants to go into engineering, so, you know, like go into that chemical engineering or whatever division is doing research on new materials and batteries, because there's a lot to be. Well, and there's a lot of things you can use as batteries, there, right? Right. Like uh, interesting idea is um, if you take, uh, so one of the criticisms of solar in particular is that you only get it during the day. So what are you going to do? You need to put it into some sort of battery, but what kind of battery? Well, there's chemical batteries that everybody's familiar with, yep. like lithium ion, uh, nickel, nickel cadmium, yep. lead, uh, lead, lead, uh, lead acid batteries. Right. 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 But there's other kinds of batteries that you can also use. So what you could do is when you have those solar panels and you have like too much power and not enough demand, you could actually take a pump. Yep. And pump water. Yep. Up a hill. This is uh this is like uh, into uh, a big tank. Uh, ancient world ancient concepts. World. The other one I love is you can pressurize a cave. Yeah. Right? Use compressors and, yeah. and uh pressurize it and then and then there's the flywheel. Yeah, and right? then as soon as soon as the solar is no longer needed, but you need the power, you just let it flow back the other direction. Yeah. You're basically using gravity yep. as your battery. Yeah, or or compression or right. No, I mean these are these are technology. these are not super complicated. I just saw I'll have to look it up, but somebody has you can take experimentally invented a kind of concrete that can store power really there's there's some they put some component in it right some chemical and i mean it's very tabletop scale but apparently you can store energy the density is not really good yeah, yeah. but like the guy said if you build a building on a of this concrete if this works right you're basically your whole building can become a storage uh uh power storage unit if you will and this doesn't really matter this is like uh elon's um, um solar roof tiles they don't really have the same efficiency as as a solar panel but if the entire roof is acting as a solar panel then it doesn't matter right you That's can right. still get the same output based on bigger area but it's just it's serving two purposes right so we're going to see more and more of that i know there was someone working on a a kind of battery that could be molded into most of the frame of an automobile. So like those, those uh, voids that are like in the roof, yeah, yeah. in the door panels, even in the, uh, the pylons that hold like by the, they're trying to form and then fill all of those voids with this battery material, as opposed to having the big bank that sits under the car. Right. So eh, 20 years from now, we're going to be, be like, remember we used to have these big, stupid things of batteries? Yeah. What were we What were we living in the Stone Age? That was wrong with us. <laughs> well, let, let, let's let's uh, move on to what media we've consumed. Media. I'm reading a book by Ray Dalio. Speaking of information, Ray Dalio is the uh, billionaire hedge fund guy. Okay. Uh, not Blackwater. Brookhaven? Brookwater? Uh, I can't remember right now. But anyways, he's got a... A hedge fund that's been around for a long. He's written several books. One of them on his principles, where his company they use all kinds of technology and and but human behavioral models to to build our management team. Mm -hmm. um, that was a fascinating book. This new book is on uh, economic cycles over the last five centuries, 
and then other older, so, you know, Chinese uh, dynasties, uh, the Dutch, the Great, Great Britain, currently now the U.S., and these economic cycles of, of empires rising and falling, uh, and all of the drivers that, again, if you study history, you can see the patterns repeating, right? So yeah, it's yeah. like nothing is, people worry about what are we going to do? So this happens, it's like inevitably things rise, they go through a period, then they fall, and then there's bad stuff happens, yeah, usually wars and whatnot, but then there's always a resurgence of a new period of of prosperity and growth until that new empire hits the end of its life cycle Michael. and then it falls apart. So that one's interesting. Uh, I've been watching Ahsoka. Oh, how far are you? Uh, episode, I watched episode five. So, oh, okay. So the flashback. So you're close, you're close. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the seven, I think just dropped yesterday. Yeah. So. When is, what's the word I'm looking for? People, the nostalgia episode. Yeah. It was good. I liked it. What's really interesting for me was um and i don't know have you like watched all the clone wars and all that kind of you know i haven't i mean i've watched episodes of it randomly but we didn't follow the whole story so me neither and in fact uh, i was talking to a friend who is a, a star wars fan oh yeah and um she said basically that ahsoka is essentially an extension of Star Wars Rebels, which is a series yes, that ran from heard 2014 that. to 2018. Yeah. So I've been, so I'm current with Ahsoka, which I'm enjoying. Um, but I'm going like, who's this Ezra Bridger guy? Right. And all this stuff sure. That they keep talking about. And uh, um, so I started watching Star Wars Rebels and I, Totally get it mm. because Ahsoka is in Star Wars Rebels, um, uh, Ezra Bridger and Sabine Wren and so, some of these other characters. They're all okay. in there. I might have to watch it, make use of my Disney Plus membership there. Yeah. Well, because mm, I am now halfway through season two because they're shorter. They're only like 22 minutes. Each. Yeah. Like Clone Wars was like that too and and phenomenal but the, shows, but, right? But but Rebels is even better than Clone Wars. Really? Yeah, I I'll quite enjoy it. I have to give it a look. I've I've watched, I mean maybe I watched the, the I started watching Clone Wars and it was kind of and I've watched Bad Batch. I enjoyed that. Okay, yeah. But Rebels is definitely better and the level of uh the level of um animation is significantly better yeah. so uh it, and then stories are are interesting so. there's a as you've seen this youtuber who does uh he uses deep fake technology and uh so it's always qui-gon anakin and um obi-wan commenting on like shows and but he like so he'll imitate the voices but then he uses deep fake to do to do the faces Face? it is hilarious right because like somebody like uh, Lady Ren gets stabbed, you know, in that episode with the uh, oh yeah, and Qui Gon's like, well, that's that then. She's, there'll, there'll be no coming back from that. And then next scene, she's in the hospital, and he's like, what the hell is going on? Right? Yeah, exactly. Very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, the other thing is I've been listening to an audiobook. I've been on an audiobooks kick. So I'm now yeah. listening to this thing by uh, this book by Matt Haig called The Midnight Library. So that's super interesting. Cool. The idea of some at, at a near death 
you're you're you might be dying you might not be dying you're like the, right now no oh. the, as you get to a point where maybe it's touch and go whether you're going to live or not yeah yeah, yeah. At midnight you can go to the midnight library and you can basically look through all of these books that are your lives if you had made a different decision so it's basically it's got to do with quantum wow multi why the hell would you want to do that to, to see if you had a better life if you had done something just different. yeah but it's too late just leave it be man well i i, I don't know i'm not at the end of it it's actually super interesting because there's this concept of quantum immortality where people think you shift to another reality well that's that's now i don't know what happens at the end it's always young people it's like i was hit by a car and i remember like everything going black and next thing i know i remember i woke up and i was still at the red light you know and hadn't been hit by a car yet so they think they've shifted to another reality which i think is kind of a cool idea okay maybe right but they never talk about like i was 99 in every reality and then died like you go to another reality now you're 102 like i i don't know or do you shift into a younger version of yourself cool stuff but it's all very cool stuff and so we if it have... made a difference if you had a redo they could say well you know if you hadn't blah then see this is, you say okay i'm gonna go that way now that, that's that's actually the premise of the book okay so, uh but uh and i haven't finished it so i don't know how it ends yet but um let's uh wrap it up yeah we'd be here all day because <laughs> this is really cool uh and uh have a great week Yes, and you guys are coming over on the weekend, so we'll be doing that. Cool. All right. Good stuff. Bye.